0: Worship is a very powerful entity within the body of Christ and with the inner working of your soul. If you're not a worshiper, you're at a point within your life where you're not really going to get any traction in your journey with God. I want to go into the book of Acts chapter 28 and it's verses 1 through 6. The title of our message today is Shake It Off. Shake It Off. It's verse 5, but we're going to look at verses 2 through 6. But he shook off the creature, which was a snake, into the fire and suffered no harm. If you as an individual or as a believer of Jesus Christ have not reached that place in your journey with God to be able to shake things off within your life, it will drastically affect the worship that you have. It will diminish the power of worship within your life. I believe that the thing that really made David a man after God's own heart was due to the fact that he was a guy that knew how to worship the Lord. So we realize within that, all said and done, you and I have been equipped with a fire of desire within our lives. Good or bad, every one of us as human beings have been given a fire of desire, a passion that causes us to act and react in areas whether good or bad. And I say that because today is Super Bowl Sunday. I like football. I don't have anything against it. It's fun. But the thing that I don't like about Super Bowl Sunday, it's also the most well-traveled day of sex trade within America. We're not satisfied, the desire, the fire of desire is not enough to just enjoy the game. Some of these perverts have got to get into the game of sexual whatevers, and they fuel the fire of desire in a negative direction. You and I, we fuel the fire of desire because that's what's brought you here. Unless you have come and your wife or your girlfriend has grabbed you by the ear and twisted it and brought you through the door, then that's a different story altogether. But for the most part, I've seen them come in wheelchairs, walkers. I've seen them walk down the aisle using a cane. I've been able to see within the faces of people that it's been a hard week. And their fire of desire says, I've got to get to the house of God. I talked to a woman just recently with children. She was a visitor here, and I called her and followed up and said, we were glad to have you in the house. She said, I came because I had to. I had to get back into the house of God. She said, "Uh, hopefully, I don't even know who she is, if she's even in the house today, but the fact is, she said, I'll be there tomorrow. Her fire of desire was the thing that brought her to that place of saying, I need to get in because that's where I need to be. And today, as we look at the account of Paul, we realize there are a lot of ingredients that come together. Some of the things that I want to share that I believe will speak deep within our hearts in regard to shaking things off. If you look at the Word of God in verse number 2, you can see there, verse number 2, it says, And the natives showed us. What does this account show? The context, let's just say that Paul was in a situation where he was shipwrecked. He and that ship engaged a hurricane that totally decimated the ship, and they finally found their way to the island. All of their lives were spared. And in that moment, as in verse number 2, We realized the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. One of the things that you and I must learn to do is to shake it off when the cold rain pounds you. And if you've never been in a cold rain pounding, my dad said, son, you don't even have enough sense to get out of the rain. Some of us as individuals, we've been in a cold pounding rain, and it may have been this week. You're saying, I'm drowning here, God. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, the thing that I want to encourage you with is that the thing that will give you the power To rise above that storm in your life is worship. It's one thing, and I remember my college teacher at Zion told of the sacrifice that the Word of God says of praise. Anybody can sing when the sun shines bright, but it takes a real strength to sing and praise God when it's dark, when it's cold. And you're soaking wet. And you've got to be able to still, I will praise him. Shake it off when the cold rain pounds you. You need to fuel the fire of your desire. How do you do that, pastor? You gather up the fuel. It says that Paul went and gathered, in verse number 3, firewood, put him in his arms and brought them to the fire and started to throw them in the fire. You and I, when we come into this house, we come in carrying our praise as fuel to offer to a mighty God. You fuel the praise, the fire of worship in your life by the amount of praise that you bring. How many sticks did you bring with you today? See, we're done worshiping, so you won't, well, it's too late now. Wow. Man, I dodged that bullet. What about next Sunday? When you roll up in here next Sunday or you roll out of here today and start your week, how much of the fuel of the wood that speaks of your praise have you gathered to offer to Him? Well, I'll get to it. No, it isn't any getting to it. If you're at a point within your life where you come into the house of God and this worship team strikes up the music and you're standing there and you throw your one stick on the fire and everything gets cold, it's not anyone's fault but yours. You bring a whole sack full of wood to the house of God and these are my praises that I'm going to offer to Him. Not you, not you, not anybody. It's all about what I'm going to do and what you do is up to you. Well, I don't know. No. Kind of like the ten virgins when all of a sudden, you know, can I borrow something? No, you don't borrow someone else's praise to give to God. you got to have it from yourself. You've got to have that deep within you. I will praise you. I will give you glory. I will give you honor. I don't care how hard the rain beat. I don't care how cold I may be. I know within myself that it is that fire of worship and praise that's going to bring me through. No matter how dark it may be. And you walk in the house of God, are you ready for it? You can go to a football game, and boy, they just get all kind of happy. They're ready for it. You watch tonight, if you watch that game, they'll act like a bunch of idiots. I know, I used to watch, I used to watch the, well, Washington Redskins is where I come from. And you know, and you had these four guys that would dress like hogs. Big old snouts on their nose, and they didn't care, man, they was the ugliest thing. But buddy, they was on the camera, and they was on the front 50-yard line didn't matter to them. They was there to have a good time. They was there to have that victory spirit within them. I'm always amazed. If the baseball game goes into extra innings, boy, I got my money's worth. Tonight, if the Super Bowl goes into overtime, wasn't that great? Man, just got more of it. Preacher goes beyond a half an hour. <laughs> I thought for sure that guy would never shut up. It shows you, now you're laughing at me, but I'm going to switch it on you. It shows you where your fire of desire is. You know what dictates true worship to me? And I've been in some churches when the music strikes, it's like you've been in a disco bar. They'll get all over the place just to dance. You know, you don't want to see that. That's ugly. (laughs) And they're up there just, you know, and when when the music stops, everything stops. When I was a kid growing up in Pentecost, when the music stops, mom and pop didn't understand that that's when they're supposed to stop. It stopped when the Holy Ghost said stop. They had brought a whole sack full of praise and they was going to burn every stick up because they wanted and I told the crowd this morning and to, you know if you come in here with your, your oh I got my wood, I, I'm going to give every bit of praise to God and you walk out you've only threw one stick on the fire. you know what's going to happen? You're going to walk out with an armload of wood but you're not going to receive anything from God because your hands are too full. I'm convinced that when you come into the house of God, God has something fantastic for you. And if you unload your praise, He'll load you up with something that when you hit against a snag through the week, His Holy Ghost will help you to recall and tell you, remember what happened Sunday. Oh, yeah! And you begin to feel the energized power of the Holy Ghost. Shake it off to shake it off by making sure that you've got an armload of praise to burn on the fire of sacrifice to God. Where is your fire of desire today? Told the folks, I said, now here's where, like a dentist, he says, I'm going to have to drill just a little deeper. Do you need some more Novocaine? I heard someone say yes. Yeah, so. Shake it off what attaches itself to you. And it says, when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and he laid them on the fire, a viper, a snake, came out to, of the heat and fastened on his hand. Shake it off whatever attaches itself to you. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says to this, that sin that so easily besets us. Verse number four, so when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. You need to write yourself in this and hear what I'm about to say. Whatever attaches itself to you, it will mark you for who you are. Whatever attaches itself to you will mark you for the person of who you are. He was a murderer, according to some. The things that are attached to you today, are you aware of it? Or do you pay any attention to it? I've got a lot of things I want to say. Pastor Steve and this staff, the board, They're of one mind and unity. They want to see the fire that I'm talking about burn hard and strong within this church. And it is for that reason you need to understand and I may get ahead of myself but I'll come back around. Whenever a church sets itself in a place that says we want the fire of God burning more than anything else. The snakes are going to come out of the woodwork. You might as well ready yourself for that and realize that the devil doesn't take that lightly. He doesn't want to see lives changed, bodies healed. He doesn't want to see lives transformed into the likeness of Jesus. He doesn't want to see men and women grow and be made strong and mighty towers against the works of darkness. When you get that fire in your belly and you are in that fire with Him, you say, I can get scared of fire. You don't have to get scared of fire. He went with the three Hebrew children in the fire. And I'm here to tell you that whenever it happens, you either got to get in, get out, or get run over. Because it's going to happen. You're going to see the enemy do everything he can. He'll come out of the... Because the heat is turned on. And he's mad. He's not no happy camper. Being bolder than a bulldog. If you don't intend to shake it off, don't get near the fire. See, I realize that what we need to shake off sometimes is comfortable in the cold and wet environment, you may not even know it's there. But the fire of God has a way of exposing it and bringing it out. Paul went and got his wood, was getting ready to throw it on the fire, and that snake came alive, attached itself to his hand. Now I don't know about you. I don't like snakes. I went turkey hunting with my family, my brother and my dad, while they were alive down in a place called Gore, Virginia, and I was sitting on the side of a hill with my shotgun looking for some turkey to come up over the hill. I ended up being the turkey. (laughs) I'm sitting there, and only by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, I looked, and from here to the door, here comes a copperhead. Well, my day of hunting was over. I stood up with my shotgun, blew his head off, and went home. That was that simple, day over. And at least I didn't want my day to end quickly either. But we got people walking around with a snake on their hand. Oh, nice buddy. A little friend of mine. Oh, it's so good. You know, he's my pet, my little snake. You got snakes? I'm not trying to put you down. Keep feeding them live rats or whatever else, but just keep them at home. Snake put its bite on me. I'm going to shake it off. I'm not going to be comfortable with that rascal on my hand. I'm going to, and it's going to go flying somewhere. I hope it's going to go in the fire and be consumed and burned. Isn't it amazing how as long as we stay in our cold, damp, wet environment, we don't have to feel the pressure of the vipers and the snakes that are so much attached to us because it does not really, has not been revealed. But when you set your mind to say, I will get near the fire and I will see the fire of God consume me, you're going to see things in your life that's going to have to be changed. There's going to have to be things taken away. If not, your worship will be in vain. You're going to have to throw it to the side. You're going to say, God, I'm not going to do that stuff. The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. I'm not living in a comfort zone where it's all, no, I want to get in the fire of God. I want to get close to the fire of God and have it burn off all of this stuff in me that's not pleasing in your sight, but you got to shake it off. You can't expect somebody else to do it, not the pastor, not your wife, not your husband, not your friend. I'm not going to stand around with a snake on my hand waiting for some preacher to come by and take the snake off of me. I may not be the sharpest pencil in the cup, but I know this one thing. That to—it's going to learn how to fly. It's going away from here. It's an amazing thing, though, that we have people that fill our churches and sit on our pews that are comfortable with these things attached to them that are blatantly against what God has for them. And they're comfortable. This comes today with a warning label unto you. The fact is when the fire of God begins to burn ever the more brightly as the people of God raise the level of their worship towards home, you're either going to have to get in or get out because those things are going to begin to be exposed. It's you. You've got to shake it off. You've got to come to a point within your life, I'm not satisfied with this stuff. It's holding me back. It is keeping me from being an overcomer that God wants me to be. I want to be so near the fire that I can feel the heat of his glory. I believe it's coming in a stronger measure than we've seen before. As we begin to see our people worship God. When you start coming through those doors with a sack full of fuel of praise. Ready to throw it on the fire. We haven't seen anything yet. And I believe when we get that visitation, God's going to come through this place like a mighty, mighty storm. And he's going to minister and move. And let me tell you something, Saint of God. Yes, I call you a Saint of God. Those things that are attached to you, those things that the Holy Ghost is speaking to you, even as I'm preaching to you right now, you're going to have to shake them off and get rid of them because no sin can be in his presence. The fire will bring the snake out, and that fire will expose those things that have attached themselves. And my answer to you today, I haven't come to be your judge or jury. I'm only coming to say, shake it off. If you want to have the power of worship in your life, you can't take it from somebody else. You've got to have it for yourself. And that is, as you enter in, you'll see the power of God in a greater way than ever before. It says the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, and they said, well, he's a murderer. He's going to die. However, in verse 6, they said they were expecting to see him swell up or suddenly fall down dead. There's a lot of people looking at us like that. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said, well, he's a God. What others say, you need to hear this, I need to hear this. What others say, you better shake it off. You better shake it off. You may come in here on a Sunday morning. I mean to tell you, you got a boatload of wood to throw on that fire. Dear old sister so-and-so may meet you out in the foyer and say something off the wall, and you're standing there, what do you mean by that? My, what's wrong with her? Why would she say that to me? I don't think it's right. (laughs) And you walk in with your sack of fuel, and you walk right back out with your praises with you, because what someone said, you couldn't shake it off. Your boss may have said something to you Friday, and you're still stewing in it. But you got to shake it off. They said he was a murderer. What's people say about you? What are those hot-button words that people say to you? Send you to the moon. I'm going to date myself like Ralph Crandom on the Honeymooners. Pop, boom, zoom, I'm to the moon. These kids don't even know what I'm talking about. What is it that you need to shake off? Some of us have more stuff bottled up inside of us than we do having praise for God. Now it's getting quiet. We can remember back 10 years ago what our brother or sister said, whether it's in the church or in the family. And we still carry that chip on our shoulder and have an attitude while they're at home sleeping in bed. You're walking the floor over them having a teetotal rip fit. I was kneeling, praying my prayers, saying, Lord, I'm whatever. All of a sudden, I was getting, and I had an issue going on. I hadn't been able to shake it off. It's amazing how he can shake it off for you if you submit to it. He said, Rodney, did I ever promise you life was fair? I said, no, Father, you didn't. He didn't come back and say, oh, son, I'm so proud of you. That was it. But what he did do, and you need to hear this. When I begin to change my direction, and I'm not saying I always want to track, over and over and over again, he showed me just how faithful he is. Even though life is not fair, he said, son, I'm going to be faithful to you. And he has been. So if you're looking for just, you know, that, I call it the lazy river ride. I don't know if Hershey has one of those or not. You get this big tube and just kind of float down the water. They have the lazy river. Okay, well, you've ridden that thing. And, yeah, they usually have something that sprays you and gets you soaked real good just for the fun of it. But I'm just telling you, down that river, you know, just peace and joy forevermore. Well, I'm not preaching that to you today. Life's not going to be fair to you. I'm 65, and if you're 80 and you've not learned that yet, something's wrong. I'll challenge you this. Get on 222 or Route 30 that goes down in Exton, Pennsylvania. Get in your little vehicle and putter down the road and try to keep up with traffic. I promise you, you'll realize just how unfair life is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Life isn't fair, so what are we going to do, church? Church. Are we going to allow this to form a blockage within our experience of the power of worship within our lives to where we become totally inoperative? Or are we going to come into that place like Paul did? He shook that thing off and said, this is not for me. You're going to have to reach that place so that you continue on in God and you'll not regret it. Maybe your week went like this. You started out as a murderer, and by Saturday, you ended up being a god. Because in that verse, it says there in verse 6 that he must be a god. I wrote this down. It's okay to listen to what others say as long as you don't believe them, as long as you don't take it to heart. Jesus knew what was in men's hearts. If we as Christians could only come to that same place, you say, where is that found? John 2, verses 24 through 25. Jesus knew what was in the heart of man. If we could capitalize on that, and I wish God would have helped me a long time ago to deal with that in my life. They changed their minds. Oh, there's no doubt, verse 4, he's done, finished. By the time verse 6 rolls around, He's a God. Shake it off. If you come to church dressed a certain way, if you come to church and put on that song, gray skies are going to clear up, put on the happy face, and as you come up the steps into the church, and then you meet him at the drive-thru at McDonald's, whoa, who might that be? Shake it off. If not, it will forever haunt you, and you will never excel and go the distance in worship. Pastor Steve, I asked him, hey, Steve, what you preaching on this Sunday? He said, oh, I'm preaching on Shake It Off. I said, oh, really? I, I got a sermon like that, too. And uh, he, I said, where are you starting yours at? He says, oh, I'm talking about Paul and Silas. They were thrown in the Philippian jail. Had the tar beat out of them. Their backs bleeding, busted, hurting. And Paul and Silas sat there in their chains and and stocks. Paul didn't look at Silas and say, you know, this isn't in my job description. I didn't sign up for this. I don't know. Where's God when you need Him? Paul began to say, hey, let's, uh, you know that song? I will praise Him, praise the Lamb for sinners slain, Give him glory. See, old Elvis talked about the jailhouse rock. But I will tell you this, the one who really rocked that jail was God. Took it off the foundation, the doors busted open, and the jailer was about ready to cut his own throat because he knew his life had ended. Paul said, what you doing? It's okay. We're just having church. (laughs) God's got it under control. God's got it under control. Shake it off. If not, you're never going to know the power of worship that Paul and Silas did in that jail. And it's for us today. I remember one of my bosses when I was out of the pulpit for about 10 months in Hopewell, Virginia. Was in a food line. He was the manager. His name was Jimmy Field. His favorite phrase was he said, hey, Rodney, one day a hero, the next day a zero. And that's life. You know, oh, I can, no, the only thing you can count on is Jesus. And that's the only thing you need to count on. And if you happen to have that mindset that you kind of think you're getting like God, I had another boss when I was in high school, worked in a meat room in IGA in, in Marshall, Virginia. George Reed, he said, Rodney, he said, when you ever think the world can't live without you and you've all that and more, he says, what I want you to do is to fill a glass of water up to the very top, stick your finger in it, and pull it out. He says, Rodney, that's how much of an impression you've made. Don't get so serious about yourself. Serve him, the word says, with gladness. And see God take care of whatever's going on within your life. But I will tell you this, and then I'm going to wind it down. If you're waiting for God to shake off your stuff, you better realize that it ain't going to happen. God will assist you. He'll be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But my dear brother and sister, that stuff that has attached itself to you, The only one that's going to get rid of it. Pastor Scott can't help you. I can't help you. Do you think that you reach an age, I turn 65, and oh, good, I passed the limit. The devil's not going to bother me no more. That buggered, you know, whenever you really try to get into the place of worship and praise and giving glory to God, he's going to come with everything he's got, both hands and feet and legs, and he's going to do all that he can to pull you back. Why? Because he knows that the man and woman of God that is a worshiper that gives praise and glory is moving and is on the cutting edge of what God wants to do in and through their life. Well, I can't really worship very well, pastor. I'm just Mm-hmm. How do you act when your grandkid has a birthday? What happens when things around you just you really, oh, something good's happened Do you, thank you, appreciate it, really means a lot to me. Or something good happens to you, all of a sudden you go ballistic. Man, somebody's pushed your button, you're just in orbit, but you're coming to the house of God, but... I can't worship the Lord. I'm just not made that way. I'm just not equipped for that. And a lot of it's due because you don't want to shake it off. You shake it off and get rid of it, you'll see the flow of the Spirit and anointing of God continually rise and move within your life like you've never seen before. What are you going to do? Steve and I both want to see, and others, Scott wants to see, the power of worship radiate out of this church. There's an old chorus that we said we're not going to sing it. You don't need to hear me sing either. But the fact is, there's a song that we used to sing. When I walked through that door, I felt his presence. And I knew that this was a place where love abounds. And I'm going to tell you something, church. That's what God wants to bring Lighthouse Assembly of God to. And it's going to only come as men and women recognize the power of worship and say, I'm going to just shake off those things that has happened in my past and has attached themselves to me so that I can give every ounce of myself to him. Father God, as we come to the end of this message, I pray that you would raise up men and women in this place that's not afraid, ashamed, scared. I'm asking you, Lord, as we just said, shake off what others say. I pray, God, that you'd bring us now to a point where we will become unaffected by what others may think of us as we worship and give praise to you. I'm asking you, God, to take hold of our lives and let the fire of desire burn within our souls for the glory and honor of Jesus Christ. One more thing before you go. I remember, I think that if I can remember it when I get to heaven, I want to find out. We had preached a message out of the book of Ezekiel, and I forget where it was. But I finished the sermon in... I've always had a question in my mind, and the Lord just brought it back to me. There was this rather quiet, it was our youth pastor's wife. She was a quiet, unassuming young lady. But it was in that service she made comment to her family. She said, when that sermon came out and he finished, she said, I felt like jumping to my feet and running the full circle of that auditorium, but I was afraid of what people would have thought. And I wonder what would have broke loose if she would have only been obedient to what God was inspiring her to do. Shake it off, church. You may be the key. You may be that pivotal person that would bring a move of God within any given service. It's not you, but it's your obedience to Him. Quit worrying about who's going to see you, what they're going to say. If we could lay our things down about what people think of us and enter into his gates with praise and thanksgiving, we would see a greater demonstration of his fire burning within the church. And it's up to you. Steve can stand up here and preach till they have to have an oxygen beside him to give him air. You know how those football players are. They'll hit the bench and just to get back on the playing field. Our poor pastor up here, he just suck and win just so he can get back in there and do it again. And you sit there like wooden Indians and I'm not going to no, shake it off and let God have his way.